Payments is an industry that has an incredibly wide moat. Throughout my career, I've, I've evolved with payments technology. The world of financial services are you know, changing quite quickly. I always knew I was going to start my own company. Welcome to InCheck with FinTech. Welcome to a new episode of InCheck with FinTech, organized by PCN. My name is Rogier Roepen van der Voort, and on this show, we interview people from the FinTech space to talk about the most exciting companies, hot topics, and the latest trends and developments. On today's show, we'll dive into the topic of buy now, pay later, uh, which I think is very much booming at the moment. Um, according to numbers from the Bank of America, the global volume of buy now, pay later payments is looking to grow to up to one trillion US dollars in 2025. But we've also seen Afterpay being bought by Square, of course, 29 billion. Uh, big players like Klarna are valued at around 50 billion. Now, Revolut has announced that they'll be getting into the buy now, pay later space as well. And there's more and more companies uh, yeah, starting within the space, not only B2C, but then there's also, of course, the B2B side. Um, today, we'll dive further uh, into that with uh, Paddy Vishani. Um, he's a strategic partnership manager at Yobota, which is a banking technology platform utilized by Challenger Mines. Um, he has experience in financial and technology consulting, uh, specializing in change management and service implementation. He also has worked in several areas within the financial services, including retail banking, capital markets, and treasury. Paddy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Money 2020 is the premier show on the industry calendar where C-level executives, renowned speakers, innovators, and disruptors from across the world drive change in the future of money. In Amsterdam this September from the 21st to the 23rd, Money 2020 Europe will facilitate three remarkable days of the right conversations, the right connections and the right discoveries, which enable individuals and organizations of all sizes to achieve their goals and grow. With the CEOs and founders of fintech giants and rising stars at the heart of the show, Money 2020 Europe has always been the platform for major industry launches and announcements. We at InCheck with Fintech are excited to be there in just a few weeks. We'll be recording live from the event and we want to see you there. Great to have you. Those are some insane numbers, right? Yes. Yeah. It's it's surprising just how much this space has grown. And particularly when you consider how point of sale financing has been traditionally, you've seen um, a pretty slow, steady kind of growth model for all, most of the industry. Um, but buy now, pay later has certainly seen this resurgence. And there's a lot of factors that I think have impacted that. I'm keen to... Uh... Hear your thoughts on that and talk about that a bit more but before we do that can you maybe give a bit of an introduction on maybe yourself i give some background but if you can give some more meat on the bone then that'd be great and also who is uh, who are yobota yes absolutely um so i am the strategic partnership manager at yobota so essentially i'm looking at how we can improve our platform by working with third parties outside our organization um for those who don't know who Yubota are, we are a core banking platform and we've been offering dynamic financial services to new and established financial institutions. 
Um, so we provide a fully managed platform that integrates with existing um, systems and can also provide new features by integrating with new third parties. And we have a powerful set of intelligent next-gen APIs that provide our clients with the flexibility to create unique user experiences and products, as well as distribute them across different markets. Um, and our focus is really about making financial products intelligent, flexible, and about you and your clients, really. What do you guys do with Buy Now, Pay Later? Sure. So um, you both have quite a considerable experience in the lending market. And Buy Now, Pay Later is just another one of the products we offer. Um, so in the same way that with the consumer loan, um, we have the ability to create a product. Um, we offer the same with Buy Now, Pay Later. Um, and I think some of the, I guess, if you look at the Buy Now, Pay Later market in the UK particularly, um, there is very little regulation, if any, um, and there's not very much framework on how these products should run and be operated. Um, and so while we wait for the government to kind of make their decision on how buy now, pay later should be managed, um, it's really up to organizations to provide a view and a framework for how to best manage these, um, these new products. So from a buy now, pay later perspective, Ubota not only allows you to create these products in our platform in a flexible way, determining the, the kind of economics for how you'd like it to be shaped um, and what the product will do, but also providing features um, that kind of help your consumer um, from throughout the lifetime of that, that product. So there is the concept of forbearance in our platform. Um, so we can help if someone can't pay, um, we allow the ability to recalculate interest, recalculate terms, provide payment holidays. So all of these features are available on our platform that just provide a better user experience. Great. You talk about that there's not that much regulation yet around buy now, pay later. Is that the reason why so many companies now jump on this? I think I don't think it's generated so much by that. I think there is it's generated really by the consumer demand. So um, in my opinion, I think retail and technology have seen a massive shift. Um, digitization, supply chain management, value chain optimization are all factors um, that have seen a drive for technological innovation. Um, I think COVID has increased that momentum. And with buy now, pay later, we're seeing this demand for um, new ways for consumers to get lending. I think there's a notable shift in the way that consumers think about lending. And so you've kind of got people who would have traditionally maybe had a line of credit, which they now find riskier because it's harder to manage uh, a line of credit, which you can't really associate with where your spending is going until you really look into um, where the money has been spent in your statement. Whereas buy now, pay later provides a, a really a, a sensible way of kind of managing your finances and liquidity where you can say, okay, this, um, this financial product is linked to a purchase I've made. I understand that this is a purchase that I use and where, where why, why I've bought it. I also understand that it is split into either these four segments or it's split into this term. And I understand what I'm paying when there is an interest period, when there isn't. And so overall, it just provides a more uh, sensible way of managing your finances. But also, I think it's more responsible because... Um, by being able to understand how these financial products work, um, you'll be able to make better financial decisions from that. Um, now, that being said, obviously, um, the market being unregulated and having loads and loads of people in this market offering these services, there is obviously a risk to consumers. But I think for the most part, we're seeing consumers um, taking on these products for smaller purchases rather than larger things like you've seen around the world. 
before we dive into it a bit further, let's let's maybe set the stage in terms of the kind of current retail landscape. We've obviously been and we're still in the middle of, um, or maybe hopefully getting out of uh, a global pandemic um, that has certainly, I think, had an impact on the on the retail landscape. Can you maybe set the stage? What how do you perceive the current retail landscape today? Well, I don't think re- bricks and mortar is is going away anytime soon. I think the the COVID has has meant that technology. Um, has taken more of a precedence. And so retailers and businesses in general have been looking at the way that they interact with their consumers and essentially shifting the way that they manage their businesses in turn. So you can't have two separate systems, one for online commerce and one for in-person. And so you're seeing a shift there of people trying to innovate with products that will um, support their businesses better. You're also seeing a shift in how people interact with consumers. So um, online data is becoming more and more important. So how can you collect the right information from your consumers earlier on in that journey? And can you do interesting things with that, that not just help your customer experience, but also grow your business? And if you're looking at some of the bricks and mortar operations, you're seeing um, retail stores becoming their own individual fulfillment centers. Um, In some cases, you're seeing brands um, using retail stores as theaters to showcase what products actually look and feel like, um, but expecting all the purchasing decisions to be made online and essentially allowing for that shift between uh, online and in-person and making sure that user experience is pretty seamless. That makes sense. Yeah. Is there examples of, of companies that you've seen do that really well? Yeah, there's been a few. So if we kind of look at an example of JD Sports in the UK, um, they're a retailer um, who essentially have um, turned their stores into theatres. Um, so they uh, advertise their retail space um, to brands. So when you walk in, you'll see a brand like Nike and you'll see all the advertising around that. Um, you'll also see that they, during COVID when there was lockdowns, that they turned their stores into fulfillment centers. So you got local, um, you could find products in your local store and have them delivered to you faster. And that's, I think, a better way of managing your supply chain overall, because you've got a better understanding of where products are in the market and you don't necessarily need to have them all arrive to one single distribution center and have them resent out. It's again, using technology for what it's meant to be, which is making life easier and improving things. There's a technology basically got a more prominent place if you were in, inside the stores and that helps transform stores into each more fulfillment centers, brand theaters, as you call it. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, And if you kind of look at the rest of the world, you're seeing this shift as well, because I think um, in the global market, if you're looking at food retailers, um, they're also looking at how technology can improve the way that they manage their supply of products, um, also how they interact with consumers and ensure that they're providing the right things. I think um, there's been for a long time, um, technology was seen as something that's nice to have, but you don't necessarily need to do it until there's a problem. And now we're seeing it as actually it's a unique selling point by being able to connect with your consumers and users in a far more innovative way. That makes sense. Yeah. So if brick and mortar stores are not disappearing, but uh, obviously there's a huge increase in uh, e-commerce, uh, well, new e-commerce merchants, but also e-commerce transactions. How do you explain that? Well, it's it's a natural trend, isn't it? It's about consumers will always pick things that will make their life easier. And I think it, with any interface, the easier it is to use, the more you're going to use it. Um, and I think e-commerce retailers have uh, have a means of connecting with users um, through their pockets. But you just 
just switch on your phone, you can connect into their um, stores and be able to start purchase, making purchases. Um, so that's, that's a big shift we've seen in the market. Once upon a time, it was all about the retail stores you had. So having a store on every high street meant that you had the ability to reach customers. That's shifting. And I think it's about finding the right balance. So um, a lot of these e-commerce stores are, yes, it's great that they are growing in their market share, um, but they're facing the problems that really a footloose business has, which is essentially not being able um, to allow people to feel and touch the products that they're buying, um, and potentially even having to have to deal with the products being returned to them in, in high volume. Um, and so it's kind of like, how did they innovate in this market? And so for businesses that already have retail stores, it's an excellent opportunity for them to utilize what they have. Um, but for new businesses that are in that space, it's a, it's a chance for them to figure out how they want to engage with their, their consumer base. So whether that is opening up pop-up stores temporarily or working with other brands that they already operate with um, to connect with consumers. Yeah, exactly. And you, so you talk about that balance, right? Find a balance between online and in-store uh, via pop-up stores or, or just general um, high street shops. Um, how does how does how important is general payments in all that payments in general? I mean, to all that. Well, I think it's critical. So payments, um, if it goes wrong, it ruins everything. But it's one of those things that's like a hygiene factor. It just has to work, and people don't need to feel that they're having a great payment experience. Um, but they need to know. But they'll definitely know when they're not having a great payment experience. Um, so for businesses, it's about integrating those payment services within to their platforms and making sure that it does what it should do, but also doesn't isolate them. So you can't have multiple payment systems: one for online, one for in-store, um, because it just starts to muddy the way that you manage your services so you want to empower consumers to say that they have the same experience whether they are in store in person or online um, but also making sure that payment experience helps grow your business so um, making sure that the data that is captured is captured in a sensible way in a secure way so there's no risk there but also what can be done with that data um, so can it allow for the cross-selling of other products and services or can it potentially provide an opportunity to engage with the customer in a different way we started PCN 12 years ago with a view to serving the fintech community from a growth perspective. Since 2008, PCN has helped household names in fintech as well as the largest global merchants grow with the best talent who have specific financial technology experience. If you are a VC with a portfolio of fintech businesses, a scale-up looking to hire the best talent, or a merchant looking to hire a head of payments or an entire payments team, get in touch today for a no-obligation consultation on how PCN can help you accomplish your hiring goals. So knowing all that then, how does specifically buy now, pay later fit in? Yes, so buy now, pay later very much fits in with the trend that we're seeing in the retail space. Um, so as digitization comes in, um, you want to offer better online services. Um, so buy now, pay later is definitely becoming more attractive to consumers. Um, and with all point of sale um, financing, you want to ensure that you can interact with your consumers in a sensible way that doesn't feel pressured, but also um, is providing the right service for them. And I think part of that emergence in buy now pay later is driven by the fact that there's an ease of use and an ease of understanding what exactly you're buying into and being able to 
psychologically link it to the purchase. I think that idea of how do consumers feel safe with financial products and in a way that they can understand what they're getting into and what the end will look like is important. Um, so for example, with Ubota, uh, when, when we, we have the ability on our platform that when a, uh, when a product is um, taken out, automatically all the cash flows are drawn out. And so we understand um, what the cons consumer will be paying at each month, um, what their interest will look like, and we can be very clear about that. And also recalculate that cost if there's any changes. So if the customer decides to pay a chunk of that off early and they can do that, and then automatically everything is recalculated. So providing the consumer with transparency is really important in this space. And I think buy now, pay later definitely provides that. Um, it also helps with consumers understanding um, a bit more about what they're purchasing and where. So if you're taking out multiple buy now, pay later products, you'll generally have them linked to something which is of meaning. Um, and the market shows that uh, most of these buy now, pay later products are taken out against uh, you know small to medium sized purchases. So something which um, will cost uh, a fair amount, but not necessarily something that you would have to save up for multiple months over. So for example, uh, a phone um, that you, uh, you could potentially pay off outright but just to manage your liquidity better, um, you'll be taking it out in installments and providing favorable terms as well in that credit agreement. It also encourages consumers to not just repay, but also manage their finances in general a little bit better for when they do decide to take out other products. That makes sense. Yeah. So can you talk a bit more about that sort of understanding what you are buying and where? I mean, if I would use a credit card, let's say, or if I would use a, a normal a direct debit uh, payment method or pay PayPal, uh, not their buy now, pay later functionality, obviously. Um, how is that different in terms of understanding what I'm buying and where? Yeah, so I think for starters, when you um, when you take when you have a line of credit, um, it is a fixed sum of money that you understand is there for you to spend through. Um, now that's great because then you can use that for whatever means you want, um, but it requires a certain level of discipline and management um, to understand that actually this is still a debt that you are building. It isn't free cash um, that's just being handed over to you. And so in that respect, when you start spending from that, um, information can get lost in what the transactions actually are because you will see the amount going down um, and you'll understand that, but you won't necessarily understand necessarily where the money has gone um, until you look into the statement. I think that's true for a lot of financial products um, that are offered in that way. Um, but buy now, pay later is really linked to a transaction. It's in some cases linked to an actual purchase that you're making. Now, what that helps the consumer do is to psychologically assess that, okay, this money coming out, this fixed amount is coming out related to this purchase I've made and I understand that why I made that purchase. Um, it, it provides a more reasonable way of the consumer managing their finances and understanding the psychology around the debt that they've created, that I've got X amount of payments to make for this product. Once it's made, it's mine, but until then it's not mine versus the idea of I've got a line of credit, which is just cash that will keep, um, re be, uh, will keep being available to me as long as I pay back the amount every month or the minimum payments that are required. It makes sense to become more conscious of their spending, basically. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is, like we said, there's an increased adoption of buy now, pay later. Uh, normally having a, a credit line is very much associated, uh, I think about a decade ago, to be honest, with, with more of the banks. 
Uh, but right now you see a lot of fintechs jumping on this opportunity, right? Where, where are the banks in all this? Have they missed that? I think they've been slow to move in this area because I think um, buy now, pay later naturally erodes away at their existing financial products like credit cards, for example, um, which have been proven to be quite lucrative for them. Now, if we look at the, the technology landscape for, for in finance, I think that uh, financial products are always profitable. Where the profit gets lost is in the operations and management um, through the systems that are using these products. So um, with older architecture, with more manual intervention, these things increase your cost base. And essentially, um, that, that those, those expenses are just passed on straight to the consumer. Um, with the fintechs, they've been able to innovate because they can look at the problem and think of it differently. They're not uh, stuck behind a system or stuck behind a structure that says they need to do it in a certain way and they can rethink the problem in a dynamic and often innovative way that allows for something to be created that is significantly cheaper and easier to manage and I think within Ubotus platform that's been a lot of what we've done rethinking how these products and services are offered and what gives the best result not just for the consumer who's using this product, but for the clients and this and their operations teams who are going to be managing these products in the long term. How do you keep their costs down? How do you keep their business running in an optimum way as well? That makes sense. Yeah. Can you talk a bit more about that? What kind of solutions have you built uh, around that? Or what does Yoboto have built around that in order to tackle that? Yeah, so um, we have a set of APIs that provide connectivity um, to our, our core microservices. Um, so our clients have the ability to pick and choose which, uh, which banking services they want. Um, they can play around with the front end um, and design a, a user experience that's unique to their brand offering and, their, and that's tailored to meet their client needs. Uh, they also have the flexibility to play around with the API to call different services, um, integrate with different third parties um, who might be providing services to them. And essentially it provides them with a greater control over what they are providing their consumers. Um, in, you can often think of it like the easiest option might be to say, oh, we'll just have an app that will do this, or we'll have someone kind of manage this service um, that can provide all these things all in one. And yes, that's great. It does definitely innovate and it will provide you with the things you want, but the flexibility is king here. And by being able to have an API that you can connect into different services and utilize different features um, based on your terms allows you to not just manage costs more effectively, um, but also optimize how you integrate integrate with your um, with your services you want to offer and your consumers in general. Is it, is it more of a wide label solution then? Is that fair to say? Um, so, in terms of I. I would say that the platform itself, um, you will, as a consumer, you won't know that you're using it. Um, our clients will know that they are using our service and we do offer software as a service as an option um, for um, clients who need that. That makes sense, but it is not, um, it is in direct competition with the more well-known buy now, pay later options, basically. So in, in some respects, yes. So we, we provide a service that um, if you are looking for the buy now, pay later um, 
functionality, we can definitely offer that for you. Um, and it's different to what um, some other providers might be offering, which might be an integrated app um, or a or a set of, or or a fixed service that kind of provides a product offering that they've predetermined. Um, so in that respect, yes, we, we would be competing with them. Um, but our product is unique in the sense that it allows the user to really be in control of what they are offering their consumers and how they're managing that. That's interesting. Indeed, that and I think also the uh, managing of their own costs, because if you look at some of the well-known buy now, buy now, pay later players, they uh, tend to have uh, be more expensive than offering a normal, uh, let's say, normal between high brackets um, uh, payment methods. Um, so I think especially that could be really um, interesting for merchants. Completely. I think um, convenience here um, of being able to have an app um, kind of will, you can sort of justify the costs to say, yes, I've got this app that will do everything. Um, but in the long term, it ends up costing you more and gives you less control over, over the information that you're, 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 you're getting from your consumers in, in these products. And so ideally, um, from my perspective, you would want to have as much flexibility and control over the customer journey, over the services that are being called and how, and be able to pick and choose services as well. So if there is a provider who um, is offering slightly different services that you feel are more tailored to your to your needs, you can easily switch them out. What kind of services? Can you give some examples of that? So um, let's say you're making a decision on um, using a credit bureau. Um, you can decide that, oh, actually, this credit service is not providing the information that I'd want. I'd like to switch to a different provider. Or alternatively, I would maybe want to use um, another service that may be using open banking to make those credit decisions. That's kind of flexibility you can offer. Also with payment services. So if there is a particular um, business that is offering those payment uh, rails for you to make those um that make connect with your cons consumers and make those payments. If you decide that they're too expensive um, and you'd like to switch them out for something else, it's those kind of decisions that you'd want to be able to make when you need to. Yeah. How, how have you seen that uh, the conversation with merchants change over the last uh, couple of years or so? Um, has there been a, a change of opinion towards buy now, pay later, offering that as a payment method? So yes, definitely. I think the most merchants in this space are now starting to see that it is an avenue for them to connect with their consumers um, in a brand new way. And it's another way of them kind of ensuring that they don't have dropouts at the, uh, at the end of uh, a customer journey. I think by offering buy now, pay later, it definitely increases your reach to consumers um, and definitely helps build your brand profile because now you will have a touch point in the form of this financial product that your consumer will be able to associate with you. Um, and how how easily and how um, conveniently that operates will also be a reflection on your brand. Yeah. Absolutely. Indeed. Yeah. It's all about the customer journey, as you said many times, right? So this is an important part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Um, cool. Is there anything else you uh, want to talk about with regards to maybe your boat or how you guys can help merchants specifically when it comes to buy now, pay later? Yeah. So, um, from Ubota's platform uh, is designed to be uh, dynamic and flexible. So um, for merchants who want to be offering buy now, pay later products, um, it's easy to, to set up products and then have full control over them. Um, from our side of things, um, our dynamic API will allow them to have 
a choice of different um, third party services they want to use, but can also integrate with their current product offering. And I think um, it's important for merchants to really consider that um, for buy now, pay later, it is a growing market. There is definitely going to be regulation coming in. And um, we've seen with financial services that when um, regulation doesn't exist, things can go very wrong. Um, we saw that with payday lenders, um, where there's a huge influx of the, these new providers, um, not necessarily caring about how um, what impact they, their products and services have on, on the consumers that are, are utilizing them. Um, but with buy now, pay later, it's very much the, the ability to have control over what your products look like, how you manage them through your customer journey, whether that is a journey that ends in the way you'd expect it to or, or, or deviates in the sense that the customer can't afford to pay back um, or needs some help and assistance. All of those features are important to have in a platform. And I think buy now, pay later, it's going to, it's going to grow as a, as a market. I think uh, more and more people are seeing that. There's also an important thing to consider that um, this is something that we can connect into the entire purchasing journey for customers. Um, so there's a lot of rich data that can be used and it's important to consider how you scale and grow that and also maintain your brand image. Absolutely, yeah. I think that, that growth of the market is something we, we touched on a couple of times uh, during the podcast. Do you see that um, the same across Europe, uh, across maybe the globe, or I mean, is it on the rise everywhere? Or is there certain countries that are using this more than others? Well, we've seen it in all Western um, countries a lot more. So um, you kind of see across. Um, so traditionally, buy now, pay later, you'd consider it as a product that would be awarded to a subprime consumer. But more and more, we're seeing prime consumers using buy now, pay later as a product to manage their liquidity, particularly in times of uncertainty where they want to really be clear on their cash flow. Um, so that's why we've seen the growth in America. That's why we've seen the growth in Europe, in the UK in particular. Um, and will continue to see it because it's now being normalized and people are more acceptant of how it functions as a product. They don't see it as something which is um, not for a consumer with good credit. They see it as a, as a tool to help them manage their finances better. I guess also, I mean, if I, from personal uh, experience, it's also convenience, right? If you can order something online and you're not sure of your size, for example, you order a couple uh, sizes of shoes that, you, that you're looking at, um, and you send the ones back that you don't fit and you keep the one that you do fit and you only pay for that one. That is well, great for your liquidity, but it's also just so much more convenient. Yeah. And I think we want to make sure that with buy now, pay later as a market and as, as providers of this service, that our consumers feel safe in using these products and that there is the right tooling in place to, to, to not just anticipate what the regulatory market will, well, regulatory uh, oversight will look like, but ensure that the market has the, the right abilities to, to provide responsible consumer lending. Exactly. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, great, Patty. If, if people want to find out more about you, your Boda, about your services, uh, about the products you offer, where should they go? Yeah, so they can uh, go to our website. So um, that's www.yabota.com. And there's a whole load of information there about our services and would be love, lovely to have a chat. Um, we'll also be at Money 2020. Um, and our offices are always open. So if you are fancy having a chat in person, we are always up for doing that too. Great. Oh, great, Patty. Thanks for being on the show and, and sharing your views. If people want to find out more, where can they go uh, if they want to find out more about you, um, about your Bota, about your products, about your services? 
Yes, absolutely. So people can head to youvoted.com uh, where you'll be able to find out more information about our products and services and who we are. Um, we're also available on social media, so through the normal channels like Twitter, etc. Um, and if you want to have a chat, we're always open. So there's a you'll be able to get in touch with us and someone will be around to have an in-person conversation. Great. Well, thanks again for being on the show. It's been lovely to have you. Thanks for having me. All right, Betty. Well, well, thank you very much for being on the show, for sharing your views on, on Buy Now, Pay Later. It's been great to have you. If people want to find out more uh, about you, about your boat, about your products, about your services, where can they go? Yeah, absolutely. They can head to our website, so that's ubota.com, uh, where they'll find out more information about us and the products and services we, we offer. Uh, you can also find us on social media channels such as um, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and if you want to have a chat in person, you can just get in touch with us through the website and someone will be available to have an in-person conversation. Great. Well, thanks again, Barry. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening and tuning in to another episode of InCheck with FinTech organized by PCN. Uh, don't forget to tune in again next week for another episode um, of the podcast and hope to hear you then. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. And we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from a partner, Free a Girl, who are dedicated to fighting child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Eveline, CEO and founder of Free a Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away together with their youth, family and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us, unlock their freedom and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freegirl.com for more information. Thank you.